Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction. And free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Now, before we start uh, letting people know that our Melbourne Comedy Festival show tickets are on sale, and this stage, the Melbourne Comedy Festival is still going. Yeah, I mean, what day is it? It's currently Thursday evening. I would say we have about 12 hours left for you to purchase <laughs> tickets, feel good about them, and then feel the need to return them when the corona quit hits. So please, go and buy Melbourne Comedy Festival tickets. I think we're about halfway sold. It's really great. We're going to have a great show. We've got the ARIA award-winning Bridie and White from Tonightly. We've got the Walkley award-winning Patricia Carvelis. We've got the Walkley award-losing James Colley. The multiple award winner, Alice Fraser. DJ Dylan Bain will be there and also Lewis and I. We've been nominated for many things. Like You've been nominated for Most Hygienic Man. That's true. <laughs> um, I lost to um... Oh God, I've got myself into a pickle here. <laughs> Who's a really hygienic person? <laughs> Mr. Uh, Sheen. There we go, yeah, Mr. Thanks. Sheen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about something completely different. And oh, then, okay. um, all of a sudden you set me up with a, uh, a real surprise. Anyway, the show will be better than that. <laughs> yeah. We also have a Patreon, which we launched last week. So go to patreon.com forward slash Irrational Fear and give us some spare change, like three bucks a month. Lewis and I have been doing Irrational Fear for about eight years mm. and we decided this is the year we're going to go pro. I, I want to get rich. Um. <laughs> and a big thank you to the following people who are giving us 11 bucks a month in total. What? Julia Polito, Patty McIntosh, Susan Kovra and Tim Hughes for being our very first Patreon subscribers. That $11 is going to very good use. This episode of Rational Fear is made on Gadigal land in the Yoran Nation. We pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging. Sovereignty was never ceded. Let's start the show. A rational fear contains naughty words like Brexit, Canberra, Fair Dickum, and Section 44. A rational fear recommends listening by immature audiences. 
Today on Irrational Fear, in what appears to be not a marketing stunt for a Cabell Avenue nightclub, Tom Hanks has come down with coronavirus on the Gold Coast. He is undergoing social distancing with his volleyball wife, Wilson. Sorry, Rita Wilson. I didn't realise that Paul had a first name. Anyway, okay. And Scott Cam says that earning $350,000 from the government for doing one appearance and four social media posts is his business. And a pretty good one. Minister for Employment, Michaelia Cash, says that the government wanted Scott Cam because he's just a typical tradie that overquotes and underdelivers. And in the wake of coronavirus-related economic meltdown, the federal government has mercifully killed the surplus that never existed and is implementing a $17 billion stimulus package, including cash payments of $750 to people who can prove that they voted for the coalition. Stop picking your nose and touching your face. This is Irrational Fear. Irrational Fear! Yay! Uh, all right, welcome to Irrational Fear. Joining us tonight, our fear mongers include a writer, a performer, a, a bon vivant. It is Chris Taylor. I, I think my bon vivant days are numbered now. Are you, are you, are you allowed to go to bars anymore or is it all forbidden? <laughs> uh, she is an ARIA award-winning satirist and raconteur. It is Bridie Connell. Ooh la la. Thank you. Hi. This, is the, this is the most highbrow-sounding lineup on Irrational Fear ever. Don't worry, we will ruin the illusion very shortly. And he is a hand sanitizer connoisseur. It is Lewis Oliver. <laughs> Can we just double-check that this episode's recording, Dan? Yeah, no, we are. I'm pretty sure we're recording. Yeah. Oh. I don't mean to bring it up, but... It's not the first time it's happened. Uh, and by even just last week, uh, we were here, and um, the show that we recorded was probably the fun, like there was no moments where I got a weird hygienic setup that I couldn't finish with the punchline. I was really knocking them down last week. I actually thought it was the tightest irrational fear I've ever heard. Yeah. I think what, what's held the show back is that Dan has recorded them in the past. But when it's just silence, I find there's a slickness, there's a pace, there's an energy to them that's probably worth replicating on more than one occasion. Well, I would love to thank you all for being here, and as a special gift, here is a roll oh. of three ply toilet. Wow. Paper. Three oh, Yes, that's right. That's just, just showing off. We're not messing around here. You can have you. a roll each, take that home, or give it to a loved one. Okay, a little later on in the show tonight, we'll be discussing this week's disappointing Democratic primary with presidential nominee Senator Bernie Sanders, so stick around for that. We also ask questions. The big questions, in fact, like what happened to that National Bushfire Recovery Fund? And we wade into the petri dish that is the coronavirus with what I should say is an interview with an actual epidemiologist who is the head of school of public health and social work at QUT. But first, we have a sponsor for today's show, someone who's done a bit of social distancing themselves. Um, greetings, former subjects. Uh, Harry here, formerly known as Prince. Now, of course, Harry Mountbatten Windsor. Gosh, that's a mouthful. I don't know how the normies do it. Um... Anyway, I'm a former distant heir to the throne of the British Kingdom, now full-time ruler of the at Sussex Royal Instagram account, and it's my pleasure to offer my family services to you. My wife and I are very good at the following. Our silver level service includes hours of inane chit-chat, cutting ribbons, looking at things, pointing at things, or for a more premium service, try our gold level package. That's looking at things and pointing at things <laughs> whilst doing inane chit-chat and cutting a ribbon. Uh, at this level, we can even kiss your baby, or for a little extra, you can kiss ours, if you like. But please, please don't ask me if I can dress up like a Nazi. That's platinum level, and you probably can't afford that. Well, maybe you can. Either way, let us know your budget. Uh, we're available for hire all year round, uh, all around the world. Uh, so slide into our DMs today. Terms and conditions apply. Baby kissing only available in coronavirus-free countries. Nazi uniform will be self-supplied and will be burned at the end of engagement. <laughs> 
I love and, and look, I'm put my hand up, I've been guilty of this too, but if ever there was an example in comedy of you fuck one goat <laughs> it was Harry and the Nazi before. He comes from a family who were actual Nazis, and yet Harry, who just at a dress up party once did it fleetingly, we're still how many years on? Twenty years on, still doing jokes about it? Well, you know, I hate to hasten to say this in a room full of comedians, but we've all done it. Sure. I mean, not that, that, but we all have something. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, for me, it was the goat fucking, but that's been out there. Just one goat. Yeah. Well, I don't know how you feel about this week, but it certainly feels like for the last week it's been probably like reliving the first five minutes of a disaster movie over and over again. Like you turn on the radio and it's the end of the world. You turn on the TV, it's the end of the world. Of course, we're talking about coronavirus. How do you guys feel uh, the zeitgeist is out there at the moment? for corona-related material. It's genuinely interesting, isn't it? And I personally oscillate between being kind of quite concerned about it Mm. and thinking the world's gone completely batshit crazy. And I think, I, I don't know if there's a middle ground between those two or one of those positions is correct. It's certainly true that no one really knows how bad this is going to get, which is what makes it genuinely scary. I mean, I'm personally not really worried about dying or, or even getting ill, but I am worried about inconvenience. Yeah, well, that's the thing, is it? Because it's like in the disaster movies, it's like Jeff Goldblum running in and going, guys, like, I told you that this crazy virus was going to come and it turns everyone crazy and they turn into zombies. Whereas this, it would be Jeff Goldblum running in and going, guys, it's a pretty bad cold. Uh, yeah, you, they'll get a pretty bad cold. Could yeah. you please stay inside by yourself for two weeks, which is like my dream. <laughs> but yeah, there's no like, you know, Jurassic Park theme. There's no epic kind of, yeah, I want a bit more That's what drama. We need, we need a theme song for the coronavirus. I actually have some stings for oh, this dear. segment. Um, I'm just going to play them as we go. Let me know what you think. Uh, they're pretty obvious. No. <laughs> oh, yeah. My Corona. Yeah, and there's a there's a few things I hate about that. <laughs> and I'm gonna, you're gonna tell us. and uh, let me list them. In fact, I'll just lead with number one. Weird Al Yankovic. Weird Al Yankovic <laughs> came out this week and said, "Please stop asking me to do my Corona. Oh. You have touched oh. a joke yeah. that Weird yeah. Al." That's where we are. Before we recorded this, I actually said to Bridie, I've got these stings, and I'm pretty sure Bridie will like them, but Lewis will hate them. That reflects so poorly on me. Look, I have to tell you something just as a quick aside off that. One of the things that I found really fascinating psychologically about this whole thing is is the cabin fever that people are experiencing, Mm. being quarantined and, you know, isolated. For some people, it's just that two-week period, but in some places around the world, people have been in their apartments now for a couple of months, Mm. which obviously will have psychological effects. But there has been a My Corona song that was released, which gets progressively (laughs) bleaker uh, as you watch it. There's all this content that's coming out. And look... I'm sure the four of us, we're all comedians. If we were isolated for months, we'd probably be like, yeah, time to launch a, lo- a YouTube channel. Like, mm. we'd do it. That's what a rational theory is. I haven't had a job in years. <laughs> <laughs> but it's interesting because a lot of the stuff that's coming out, you know, started very funny and sharp and is getting pro- 
progressively weirder as the cabin fever really well, I think that's the story of corona. I think, you know, corona, the coronavirus 19, we've all been seeing the story. It did start off quite benign. It's like, oh, it's in China. Oh, yeah. it's in it's mm. another place. Oh, it's another place. Oh, now it's here. But in like in Italy, the death rate is significant. Like yeah. it's something like 80%. Like, Can I just say, has there ever been a better time to go to Italy? <laughs> I, I we've all been there. Well, I assume a lot of people have been there. And the queues to get into the Duomo, to St. Marco Square in Venice, or to see the cathedral in Florida. The I reckon if fountain. you went now, mm. sure, there's a risk of picking up a germ. <laughs> but imagine the convenience of getting straight into some of the world's greatest sites with no other crowds in the way. You could have a gondola sing to you through a flu mask. <laughs> I reckon I, 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 I... You should cash in. You should set up the, you know, your tour, I, exclusive tour right. experience. I'd go on a Chris Taylor chaser tour <laughs> of, of Italy. Make it a cruise. Uh, they're going well, though. <laughs> I've got another sting. Oh. <laughs> what was that one? COVID-19. What? Oh. Hey, hey. That is my mum's good luck song, and now you've ruined uh, it. Uh, me and my whole family. I've already started judging people who call it COVID-19. You know, like, there's, there's two types of people. Those what? of us, I'm still a bit old school, I go with coronavirus. <laughs> I reckon there's people now, when you're at barbecues or wherever... Trying to sound a bit more medical, like as if oh, I've done a bit more reading. I've re- I've read the Lancet this week. COVID nineteen. Yeah, it's like do you use the Latin to describe your dog and call it caninus lupus? No, of course yeah. you don't. It's fucking coronavirus. Stick to it. It's the person who comes back and goes, "I just came back from Istanbul." <laughs> COVID corona to my friends. Yeah. Of course, if you stop calling it coronavirus. Dan can't do half his puns about the Mascherano <laughs> stuff, so we please, for the sake of Dan. He's still got COVID-19. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I do have one. I do have one more. That's okay. I reckon you don't need to. Uh, (laughs) Right around the world, a lot of things are being cancelled. The NBA is being cancelled. Cancel the NBN. (laughs) (laughs) Cancel culture's gone too far. Um, One NBA player last week was was at a press conference and joked that he had coronavirus, and then at the press conference touched all the microphones. That was last Mm. week. This week, he's being diagnosed (gasps) with coronavirus. Uh, Conferences have been cancelled. Mona's dark mofo has been cancelled. Coachella hipsters going to swim in the nude in winter now. (laughs) Coachella has been postponed. South by Southwest was cancelled. James Bond's, the release of James Bond has been moved to the end of the year. That's really interesting because if it was just a normal normal theatre release from a normal um, studio, it it would just go out. But because MGM has one film franchise and they bank the house on it. They've got to move it to the Also, I, I heard a rumour that is completely unfounded. Um, so I, I, can't, I really must stress that this might not be true. But That's I, it. Yeah. Um, that the plot line is loosely um, pandemic-based. Oh, really? Oh. Right. Wow. Gee, mm. Oh, wow. I actually woke up on the weekend and I was like, oh, I feel a bit sick. So I'm like, oh, God. So I stayed in and, and was like flicking through Netflix and all of the top films over the weekend were like contagion yeah. and like wow. people are just yeah. staying at home watching like what they think of as now a documentary. <laughs> They've happen? gone viral. Did that happen during <laughs> the AIDS epidemic? Like, was everyone just watching Philadelphia? Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, they can't now. Tom Hanks is uh, <laughs> he's stuck inside. Yeah. There's one event in France that continued, Bridie, that you, you noticed. There is. Look, I love this story. I kind of think it's quite inspiring, which is absolutely not the angle that most media have taken to this story. <laughs> but in a town in the northwest of France, there, you know, despite 
all of the advice of the local health bodies to stay at home and to maintain, you know, distance and a bit of social isolation and be very careful and hygienic and don't and, and not to congregate. Almost four thousand people came out dressed as Smurfs <laughs> to break yes. the world record for the amount of people dressed as Smurfs at one time. Oh, Worth they're it. Just, yeah. They're just reckless defiance in the face of this adversity, and I love it because I feel like if the world is ending, let's go out being the weirdos that we are, doing the things that we love. Perfect. Even if you don't break the record for the most amount of Smurfs, you probably would break the record for the most amount of dead Smurfs. <laughs> <laughs> See, silver lining, always. Or blue lining. <laughs> the experts are recommending hand-washing and social distancing. Chris, as someone who uh, <laughs> dated for a very long time, you've got some good tips on social Look, distancing. I, well, first of all, I, I, I hadn't heard this phrase, social distancing, until this week. It sounds... If ever there was a, a phrase that sounded very euphemistic, it sounds mm. like something the Nazis would have done during the Holocaust. It's like, oh, but no, we didn't gas those Jews. We socially distanced ourselves mm. from them. I... Um, I love the coronavirus. Wow. <laughs> wow, that's a, that's a fresh, that is a fresh um, angle. I'm happy to be the Bettina Arms of this panel <laughs> and take a contrary view to what's socially acceptable. You are <laughs> chasing that OIM. Oh, yeah. my God. I, I'm going to call the Academy of Television to remove those Logies that you've got. <laughs> no, look, I, anyone who has a slightly antisocial streak will probably understand. Look, for years, we've had to come up with excuses when we don't want to go to your shitty play or your annoying birthday party that's in an incredibly inconvenient location. Mm. I've I've had to kill relatives just to pretend <laughs> I've got a death in the family. Now, it's so easy to not go uh, anywhere. You simply say, oh, oh, coronavirus. Yeah. yeah, It's so yeah. funny you led yeah. this shitty play because out of the four of us here, uh, how many plays have you written? <laughs> <laughs> I remember getting invites to several of those. And it was actually very easy for me to say I wasn't going. Yeah. And, um, and back but, then, we didn't have a virus to rely on. There wasn't a good virus. So you can't I'm, say SARS because it's in Asia. Exactly. Hers was in the Middle East. Exactly. But now we've got our very own. We've got our own, and I'm milking this. Like, I, I'm really hoping it's hanging around for a long time because <laughs> for, for antisocial sort of smoke bombers like me, perfect opportunity to lock yourself up and never see anyone. I was half expecting a text tonight saying, sorry, can we do this <laughs> via phone? Um, look, it's... The thing about, I mean, I don't know, a lot of us probably do work from home you know, as, as freelancers, so it's not unusual to us. I've got a lot of friends who have been getting serious sort of emails or lectures from their bosses encouraging them to work from home. Um, a good friend of mine works on um, the great ABC show, Mad as Hell, and they had a serious discussion yesterday, apparently, that they're going to continue without a studio audience. Wow. Now, I don't know... At what point? I, like, from next week? I, well, they're just weighing it up. Uh, they're just sort of monitoring it, as everyone is. Like, I know the I know Sydney Writers are, Festival is weighing Ellen, it up. Ellen's nixed her audience in, in America, and I know there are there's not a lot of people in the audiences for Colbert and Seth and yeah, all those yeah, I mean, Is Ellen Brody, still bringing out anyone from YouTube? Like, are they still, <laughs> are they still allowed on? Is there some, like, kid who did a dance on a horse still allowed to turn up? <laughs> Imagine if you were that kid who wore bright sneakers to school that day and you had a TikTok that blew up, and yeah. then you went to Ellen to go on Ellen and there was no one in the audience to celebrate you your piece of popular hire culture. the warm-up guy, even if there's not an actual... Like, is he still <laughs> contractually... That, sir, that would be obliged. a union job, sir. That would be a union job. <laughs> it, warming up whether there's somebody or not. If a tree falls in the woods, the warm-up guy makes a joke. Yeah, I mean, you ask a philosophical question here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've done... I've done comedy shows with a very thin audience. Well, it's a good excuse for the comedy festival when because yeah. uh, no one's going to come to the Irrational Fear show, and now at least we can blame it on something else. Yeah, it sounds a lot like, oh yeah, actually, last week's episode was the best one ever. It just wasn't recorded. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, this you week's episode nightly, didn't you? You know what it's like to perform with <laughs> 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 
actually without a TV audience. Actually, <laughs> without any. The other one um, that, 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 I, that just cracks me up, even though it's awful, is sport. Uh, you mentioned the NBA. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Italy's banned all um, its soccer fixtures, all like professional wow. matches. Not the matches, just the audience. Yeah. yeah. So I still. <laughs> there's two things I love about this one. Do they still sing the anthem? They do. <laughs> no, last night, last night the Matildas, the Australian uh, soccer team, um, qualified for the Tokyo Olympics against Vietnam in Vietnam. Right. They played to an empty stadium. They sat out and sung the anthems to begin with. Okay, this is my wow. question. Because normally I reckon a lot of athletes really rely on the crowd to do to, the to heavy lift lifting. Yeah. 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 They can't sing for shit. Most of them don't know the words. How do they go when there's no one around them? They, they the seem to do okay, yeah. But also it was a very, it was a very wide shot. So right. I could, I didn't, they didn't do the full cut-ups on the lips. I couldn't, okay. I couldn't judge. And then the second thing that I'm looking forward to, especially in the European soccer leagues, is goal celebrations. <laughs> like, how much do you really feed off the energy of the yeah, crowd? The crowd like, yeah. If you're doing a backflip and getting your shirt off and doing... Mm. Do you still do that when you know there's no one there to see it? Mm. Yeah, man, now you just kick it in and go, oh, got one. Yeah. Let's go back to the middle. All right, let's go again. All right, I got one more sting. Yes. Oh, no. She put the bat in the pangolin and ate it all up. She put the bat in the pangolin and ate the whole thing up. She put the bat in the pangolin and ate it all up. She put the bat in the pangolin and ate the whole thing up. Doctor, is there nothing she can take? I said, Doctor, do we leave this baby? Huh? I'm sorry, I just remembered I actually have to go. Yeah. No. I'm so sorry. I, I don't even know what that song is, but I do know that Weird Al put out a poster <laughs> saying if anyone does a parody of that. Wash your hands and refrain from releasing parody songs. A little later on, we'll have Bernie Sanders and he'll be discussing uh, what he went through for the Democratic primaries. But soon we'll be discussing when a national bushfire recovery fund isn't a national bushfire recovery fund. But right now, he's a real expert on coronavirus. It's friend of the show, epidemiologist Professor Hilary Bambrick. Thanks, Dan. Now, how is um, COVID-19 for you? Uh, as someone who's an epidemiologist, I assume that it's like Christmas for epidemiologists. Is that <laughs> right? Well, th- thankfully, I- I'm not that kind of epidemiologist, so I'm, I'm quite well um, well protected. I get to sit at, sit at my desk and-, and look at numbers and patterns, but there are some epidemiologists out there who are actually doing the, the uh, what we call applied epidemiology, where they're out in the thick of it, in amongst it. Now, broadly speaking, we hear a lot of so-called experts on uh, on 2GB and uh, and Sky News tell us what we should be thinking about when it comes to coronavirus. Uh, on Fox News, they're even downplaying COVID-19 to maybe what could be seen to be dangerous levels of reporting to kind of minimising the threat. What do you think the happy balance is in communicating the dangers of coronavirus-19? Yeah, that, look, that's a really good question because it is something that for many people won't actually be a, a serious infection. But for, for a large number of people in the community, they are actually at um, increased risk. Um, so if you're if you're older, um, if you have a number of what we call comorbidities, you know, chronic disease going on, if you're immune suppressed, then then it is actually pretty serious. So I guess. You know, it's it's not a serious issue for you if for you personally if you're not one of those people. But we all actually have a part to play in terms of protecting everyone else around us. And I have to say that um, I'm not sure whether to be heartened or terrified by the absence of soap on the supermarket shelves um, when I was shopping the other night. Because it made me wonder, you know, while it's great that people have got the message that hand washing is good, but it made me wonder, what were they doing beforehand? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I, I mean, I'm such a big nose picker myself. Uh, 
I've had to put restrictions on the times I pick my nose. You know, I, I make sure I pick, get a good pick in after I do some hand washing, after <laughs> I sanitise my hands. But I, I assume that would be bad anyway because I'm sure there's uh, diseases that my nose has already trapped and they're just going straight into my fingers. Well, and from a yeah public health perspective, we you know I ask you on behalf of Australia to also uh, sanitise your hands after you've picked your nose as well, Dan. <laughs> right. Okay. I'm only thinking about myself. Always yeah. thinking about myself. Now, you actually made a good point about thinking about for for folks who may have symptoms or may be concerned about their own health to think about the people in their lives who may be more vulnerable what kind of things do you think people should be considering well certainly if you're unwell do stay away from uh, stay away from other people um, avoid going to work where you can um, look nobody's indispensable from from their from their job um, and your colleagues are not going to thank you if you make them sick and this is a message I give out to my staff every flu season as well you know if, if if you're sick, please don't turn up. Um, if you've been asked to self-isolate, don't go and do a mad rush last minute shop at your local supermarket. I mean, we've seen that um, happening. Please just ask somebody else to go get you, um, you know, hunt down some toilet paper for you or hand sanitizer or whatever it is that you need, tin of baked beans. Um, but don't go out and do it yourself. So if you, you know, do take this seriously. Um, the whole idea um, at this stage is we're, we're very unlikely to actually um, stop um, the coronavirus in its tracks and have it, um, you know, it is something that is going to be much more widespread in the community. So the whole plan at the moment is to avoid that massive peak um, of infection and basically we don't want to overwhelm the health system. So the whole idea is to sort of spread out the, the rate at which people are getting infected, slow it down so that our health system can actually cope. You're on the Climate Council as well. Is there any correlation or what's the link between um, diseases and pandemics like this and a warming planet? Is there any? Uh, look, I wouldn't say so for um, for coronavirus, but um, there there is some indication that um, you know the the ambient uh, temperature and humidity and so on may play a part in um, how some diseases are transmitted, including um, coronavirus. But I'd say it's very early days yet to say what that might be. Um, of more concern is that um, you know it seems to be more readily transmitted where people are you know hanging around indoors, for example. So we'd see similarly with flu season that it's actually sort of the the colder months that are of um, of risk at, at greater risk in terms of um, where people are hanging out. What, hanging you're say- out more. what you're saying, Hillary, is that our Melbourne Comedy Festival show in three weeks' time is going to be a fantastic incubator for not only yeah. culture of comedy but culture of Corona coronavirus. <laughs> I understand. What's one interesting stat about COVID-19 that you've been wowed by over the last few weeks of looking at this virus take hold around the world? Something that's impressed me the most um, is that um, infection numbers and numbers of um, people dying are actually declining um, in China, for example, while we're seeing um, sort of massively increasing rates of infection and and people dying in in Italy as another sort of contrasting example. And I guess thinking about the the ways that we manage these sorts of things, the rules put in place in China to sort of, you know, really lock, lock places down seem quite extreme, but they do actually actually work like quarantine is something that that does actually work it's sort of you know tried and true way of um, stopping spreading infection I can't imagine that laissez-faire attitude of your average Italian would <laughs> would go so go go down so well with being well, locked down. Well, and the kissing and the hugging too. Oh yeah, right? the double I, kissing. You, know. you have doubled the chance of getting coronavirus because <laughs> you're mwah, mwah, the continental way. 
That's right. Oh my gosh, is it is it a crazy idea to to stockpile toilet paper? <laughs> or comedy festival tickets, perhaps, might be. A it's not a crazy idea to stockpile comedy comedy festival. T- In fact, you can use your comedy festival ticket if you get it mailed to you as toilet paper before you come see the show. That's right. Look, look. I think um, it shows how unimaginative Australians are when it comes to to wiping our asses or cleaning our asses. So, <laughs> you know, if we Italy's not suffering, for example, from a shortage of toilet paper, are they? Because they've all got their their um, bidets in their in their bathrooms instead of toilet paper. And look, you will find on the internet if you're feeling a little bit inclined that you prefer a little bit of a bit of a wash rather than a wipe, um, there are instructions on the internet on how to convert your own toilet into with a sort of a bidet attachment it's um it's basically you know a bit bit of a hose and a squirter gun and away you go <laughs> that's great I, I like the idea that uh people's houses are going to have shortage of garden hose but not for making bonks but for making <laughs> bidets sometime soon <laughs> let's go oh what are you doing you're making a bong no i'm making a bidet leave me alone <laughs> gotta wash my bum oh god um is there one tip you want to impart to people one bit of advice you want to impart to people before you go? Oh, yeah. Well, maybe maybe a couple, actually. Um, I guess wash your hands. Get your kids to wash their hands. Don't um, maybe stop shaking hands. You can do the fist bump instead. Or, you know, some of us were talking about doing the butt bump, but that might be a bit overly familiar for some people. And I guess, um, yeah, just be, be courteous, be kind. Um, not everyone's got an amazing immune system and this will be something that affects people. I had a lady, I was walking down the street, I was walking down Oxford Street two days ago and I stroked my beard subconsciously and a lady kind of like rushed 10 metres towards me and said, thank you so much in a sarcastic way and then stroked her own face. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, I just stroked my beard unintentionally. You intentionally stroked your face by making fun of me for stroking my face. Do you think some people just need to relax? You probably find you actually stroke your beard about thirty times an hour without realizing. Uh, and uh, you know, I, and I've been arguing. My partner loves my beard, but I've been arguing with her that I should shave it off because I'll probably touch my face less. Well, you might find it so smooth and delightful that you touch it more. Understandably, for her, uh, I look better with it because without <laughs> it, I'm just extremely fat. It really hides my double chin. <laughs> Thanks, Professor. No worries. Thanks, Dan. The most extraordinary flirt piece interview I've ever heard. Like, you were flirting with her while talking about how much your wife loves you. Yeah. <laughs> Not to brag, but I look really bad without my fashion. <laughs> and uh, nothing better than bringing up a, a weight issue with someone uh, who can't see you as well, because she's like, I'm not going to comment on that. <laughs> she was refu- refusing. She, she did well. Very smart. You know, your anecdote, though, about the person in the street. Yeah. Had, uh, it is true, but there are some very jittery people oh out there. God, the the passive ex- aggressiveness out there is I out of control. The most extraordinary little encounter this week. I, uh, this might be a slight overshare, but I, <laughs> I, 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 I'd just been to a pathologist for, for some fertility testing, and they'd given me this little cup, and it was sort of in a very medical-looking bag. And after I'd left with it, I went into the corner shop, and this man just... That's not where you're meant to fill it. The corner shop. That's not where you're meant to... <laughs> well, if you're masturbating in a corner we shop... We all that... have our rituals. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I just get Chris, I've been there. to it recently. I'll give you no, some tips. I find just the, 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 the whole wall of Pringles in the corner <laughs> shop is very arousing, so I like to go there. But he just saw me carry anything looking vaguely medical and immediately assumed coronavirus. 
and ordered me to get out of the shop. Oh, really? no. And I just had, the, like, the perfect comeback. I just sort of embarrassed him and go, no, 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 I, I, I need to masturbate into this jar. <laughs> I assure you I'm, ha- I'm happy not to do it in your shop, but I assure you it's nothing corona-related. And But, but just the smallest thing that looks vaguely medical is now assumed to be mm. corona. I don't know. I reckon, given that visual, I would ask you to leave. <laughs> <laughs> I think of asking you to leave right now. <laughs> A rational fear. And I haven't touched my face in weeks. <laughs> in weeks. Back in January 6th, Scott Morrison stood at a press conference and announced a national bushfire recovery fund of about $2 billion. But this week, in Senate estimates, it was discovered that it didn't exist. Lewis, this is your favourite story of the week. Well, I mean, I don't know if it's my favourite. I found it quite <laughs> chilling, if I'm honest. Like, I, I think that uh, the coronavirus, obviously it's taking up all of our time and all of the media. It, it could not have come at a better time for Scott Morrison, really. Like, all of the things that it is glossing over, mm-hmm. the the sports, sports rots, rots, Angus Taylor, and now they're, like, the, they basically, if you, to catch up on the story, he was under a lot of pressure. He, the whole Hawaiian crisis was there, uh, and he just stood up and was like, well, we're going to give $2 billion to the bushfire. And put uh, out an ad. Yeah, that's right. They put out yeah. that crazy ad, which and it potentially kind of made people said, "Oh, he's well, back from holiday. He's doing something. He's given two billion. Maybe he's got this." Yeah, and so then um, they went through Senate estimates, and they there's there's a revised budget here. We're just looking for this two billion with a B billion dollars that you promised, and uh, we can't see it. And they and the response from the coalition was, "Well, it's a notional fund," uh, which they then dug into. Notional meaning speculative, theoretical. Or only in the mind, <laughs> which is truly uh, I, the I, like we all there was notional um, there was a notional surplus. Yeah, that, that yep, this yep, notional yep. notional emergency funding, like it's like Schrodinger's funding. If you look at it, it disappears. I it's, feel like. We're being gaslit. Like, I, I feel like I dated this government in my early 20s. That's what like, I feel. I totally told you I was seeing someone else, right? <laughs> I notionally proposed to you. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's stunning. And, and it I, in, it's absolutely outrageous. In any other time, this would, this would undo a government. And, and right now, the, the fact that he's been able to go, well, I've just promised another $17 billion, and you're like, well... Have you? Yeah, I mean, w- I don't even know. Will you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Will it extend out to twenty-two billion? And journalists are on his case about it. And every question they they pit against um, Angus Taylor and sports frauds, he just goes, "No, we're not dealing with that. We're going to deal with Corona right now." Mm. And Corona becomes the thing that he can totally get rid of any other question about any other. I thing. mean, I was saying how good Corona is for antisocial people, but for governments with something to hide, it mm. is amazing. I mean, this can't last long enough for this government. It's the only thing. Um, that probably is going to, you know, save him in the eyes of the Australian people. Trump, by contrast, who you'd think, mm. who, you know, he's got his own problems with just having survived an impeachment, you'd think he'd want to go full-on scare, fearful with it, but he's sort of gone the opposite direction, bizarrely, and sort of pretending there's nothing to see here. And I think there's a major problem there because Fox News are doing the same. They're, like, copying him and kind of saying, minimising the threat to the point where it's dangerous because the only people that watch Fox News are old people mm. and, they, and they're, <laughs> the the most peop- they're the most vulnerable people, most at risk um, from dying of corona. And if they don't think it's a real issue, then they're going to be dead. If old people start dying, it's going to be bad news for the coalition because they won't have any voters. 
the only other uh, people it's really going to affect is the ABC. There'll be no one left to watch it. Um, Gardening Australia will just be, Costa will just be watching it at home himself. I mean, Grand Designs, you know, who's watching Grand Designs if Corona takes out everyone over 65? Uh, Well, one person who's very clearly upset with Corona uh, and other things in his world is Senator Bernie Sanders, and I spoke to him earlier this week. Joining us now from his Vermont headquarters is Democratic presidential candidate, Senator Bernie Sanders. Senator Sanders, have this week's results at all diminished your enthusiasm at all for this presidential race? You know what? My enthusiasm has not diminished at all. There is still work to be done. I'm, I'm just excited. I still have a job with, with medical benefits that will see me through this coronavirus outbreak. Well, Senator, good luck out there, and I hope you don't get infected. Well, you know what? I cannot possibly get get infected, Dan, because I have the vaccine. Oh, I didn't know there was a vaccine. Well, of course there's a vaccine. You make a virus, you make a vaccine. Hang on. Uh, Senator, are you saying that you invented coronavirus? Let me be clear, Dan. Let me be very clear. This is plan B. B for Bernie. I didn't want to enact it, but the mainstream media, MSNBC, CNN, the DNC, they made me do it. Coronavirus will be the biggest wealth redistribution policy of the last hundred years. You see, it disproportionately affects the older generation. 99% of the 1% are 100% old as fuck. You understand? Excuse my language. It's simple. The boomers will get sick and their money will trickle down to the younger generations, to the working people. All of the countries in Europe are doing it. It's very big in Italy, in Iran and China. Uh, those last countries aren't actually in Europe, Bernie. Well, neither is the United States of America. Not, let, let's not forget that. Now, this is a message to the DNC and the superdelegates out there. You're all listening. You want to live? Let democracy take hold. The person who gets the most votes should win. A vote for Bernie is a vote for a universal vaccine. I'm Bernie Sanders, and I approve this message. Well, Bernie, uh, I think for all our sakes, I, I, I hope you are the Democratic nominee. Thank you very much, Dan. I appreciate the call. Thank you, Bernie. Well, thank you very much for joining us for Irrational Fear uh, once again. It's very awesome of you to make your way in here despite the coronavirus. I uh, say that too. I just want to apologise that I've used up the entire toilet. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, don't have, I haven't had any for the last two weeks, so just thank you for humouring me while I wipe two weeks' worth of shit from my ass during this podcast. We are back weekly until our comedy festival show, so please head to our Patreon, give us a few bucks to make this show happen. It costs us well, quite a bit of time and some money every week to, to get we're it done. We're working harder than Scott can. I can say that much. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. yeah, we've already put out two shows. And well, yeah, I mean, only we recorded more, but uh, two out. <laughs> Special thanks to Rupert Dagas, Jacob Round, FBI Radio, and our fear monks tonight, Lewis Hopper, Chris Taylor, Bridie Connell. Do you guys have anything to plug? No, just my ass. Yeah, heaps of guest spots and shows that will probably be cancelled in Melbourne International. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, Dan. Uh, I'll be back next week. and I'll, I'm on radio every day. You can listen, but I don't need to plug it. You know, <laughs> Listen or don't. Cocky to see, so I don't well, need to plug my radio. Well, I mean, what am I going to say? 3pm, Triple J, listen in. I don't know. <laughs> you pay for it. You might as well listen yeah. to it. <laughs> you don't need to Patreon. We tax you. <laughs> in the meantime, there's always something to be scared of. Good night. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.